0: that's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, Stay Farm is there. Just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: State Farm, Bloomington,
2: Illinois. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico.
3: Welcome to Morenita, a deep dive into the Latinx experience. With Morenita, we want to create a community and a shared space with you while sharing knowledge and inspiration. This show is about celebrating our culture with guests who exemplify the best of us. I'm Darilyn Castillo, y te invito. On today's show, we welcome Luis Salgado. Luis Salgado is a Puerto Rican-born actor, dancer, and choreographer, and artistic director. He has worked on Broadway shows such as Rocky, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and In the Heights. He's worked on screen in various films, including the film adaptation of In the Heights. And he's a force in the Broadway community. Luis and I had a great conversation today about representation in the theater world, but also about the real-world challenges of the theater. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Luis Salgado, ¿cómo estás? how are you doing? Good. Welcome to Moranita.
4: Thank you for having me.
5: Thank you for having me. I love the word Moranita by the way when it's done obviously with respect and love right but like morenita que rico se suena
3: right it just feels like home i don't know it feels like home for me so totally. it just felt it felt right but i have known your name for so long in the game of the entertainment industry i just remember hearing your name everywhere so having you here for me is such a beautiful circle of life <laughs> moment it's Thank like morphine i'm so excited to have you here because you've done so much for our latin community in the arts and in the entertainment industry And I'm just so curious about like your story, the bug of theater, of dance, of artistry. How did that find you? I know you were born in Puerto Rico.
5: The story is pretty specific and I I think also very much mine. Like I I celebrate it so much. Um, I started dancing when I was nine years old. I was in a public school called uh, Rafael Hernández by the composer, Mm -hmm. honoring the Puerto Rican composer Rafael Hernández. And I had lived in Hawaii for about eight months. Uh, It was my first encounter with the English language and with the American culture. And that shock, cultural shock was pretty hard on me. Mm -hmm. My grades went down and I I just felt weird. I didn't belong. It was just weird. My dad was in the army, so he was always Mm. busy. And so when I finally came back home, I was a little distressed. Then I came back to, to the Rafael Hernández school and there was this amazing after-school program called Enlace. And I always celebrate mm-hmm. it because they lasted for like two years, but they changed my life. That program, I met this teacher, his name is Jose Rivera, and he was very young. I think he was 21, 22 at the time. And he was in college studying acting. Um, he was a dancer. And so he was, we were his toys, You know, he came, he came from college every day uh, to teach at our school after program. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and he taught us everything, literally everything, like folklore and singing and acting. And like, it was just like being in my own little Disney world from three o'clock to five o'clock. And so I fell in love with it. It gave me a lot of confidence. It reboosted sort of like that self encounter of oh yeah, I'm a human being and I can do things and I belong somewhere. And mm-hmm. and that literally changed my life. And I got really lucky that that teacher um, became my teacher for fifth and sixth grade. And when I graduated oh, wow. to intermediate school, um, he then got transferred to my intermediate school. So he taught me seventh and eighth and ninth. I used to like lie. <laughs> I used to be like, ah, yeah, <laughs> I'm taking, you know, physical education, but no, I was taking theater and the physical education grade was supplemented by the theater grade. So they, the teachers ah. would have agreed that uh-huh. this group of 12 students were going to stay in the arts, no matter what, and that they were going to support it. So we got really lucky.
3: Wow. Wow. And your family, they were supportive. They were not. They were not. I mean, I'm doing a Mm. general,
5: they were, I'm doing a general, they were not. Mm -hmm. But clearly my mom who who took care of me, she felt like I was taking away focus from my education, my formal Mm. education, quote unquote. And that I needed to, you know, the typical Latina mom, you need to be a lawyer. You need to be a doctor. You got to make something with your life. And I don't blame her. You know, she wants... Us to do better than where they come from, and I get that. But my way of becoming better than generations before me was through the arts. And when I was seventeen, she she realized that very specific.
3: Mm. And what was that switch when you were? Uh, what she was saw
5: that? me in the newspapers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And so she was like, "Oh,
4: okay." Yeah, she
5: saw me in the (laughs) newspaper, and she said, "That's my son, and he's not Uh just like background dancer. He's there with this artist and doing this TV show and doing that play." And she then became proud, and you know, nothing for our Latino community than pride.
3: And the parents are in, and mommy's like, "That's my boy, that's my baby." Give us
5: pride, we're in. (laughs) Me saying that out loud, just kind of joking, kind of not, says a lot Mm -hmm. about. How much we are maybe often in search for validation, right? How much mm. our morenito, beautiful skin colors get in the way of us knowing that we are fully worth it in many right. different areas of the world because not everybody has looked on, upon, or up towers us, but a lot of times we're, they were looking down. And so right. the fact that we get a moment of sense of pride gives us the validation mm-hmm. we. Have sick all of our lives and allow mm-hmm. things to happen like just that was a comment, but we can analyze that comment very deeply and profoundly yeah. in who we are as a, as a society and the kind of thing we fight for every day but that's a different time of this podcast
3: no that that could be right now and it's funny that you caught on the joke that we made because it is something that we as a community, we're like, ha 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 ha. But at the same time, it's real. We want to be viewed for who we are. That's why I'm here. That's why Morenita is Morenita. This is who I am. And now, and something that you said that resonated with me, and I'm going to say it in a different way, but creating space for ourselves totally. right like making space for ourselves and stepping into that validation this is who I am not something I'm
5: you're maybe working like my psychotherapy for a second because when I look back at that age of nine and I really look at the girl that I was in love with and the fact that I did a mixtape for her yeah piel canela with her beautiful brown hair mm. but she was American and I was this crazy mm. Puerto Rican kid and that looked for her house to go take her a mixtape and she looked at me like the hell are you? You know, and so that yeah. you're only nine years old, but that sticks, right? Mm. That that stays with you somehow. And then all of a sudden, now you're twelve and thirteen, and you're singing a song para las empleadas de comedores, and mm. everybody's clapping. And there's a same piel canela beautiful girl who looks at you with different eyes, and you're like, shoot, arts, you know, like yeah. that's that. And so like it multiplies, multiplies, and I think so. Yeah, so I get. Quote unquote that validation and all of a sudden the same happens to my mom, the same happens to my grandmother, who was like, If you love me, don't go to New York. And I'm like, mm-hmm. abuela if you love me, know that I gotta go to New York. And then I hear right. a Broadway show and she's like, Mi nieto está e
3: Yeah, Nueva <laughs> York
5: is on a Broadway show, you know, like that sense of pride is something like real. And then you think about her and her kids and this, the drama of racing or five kids and like w- when does that sense of pride comes back to you? And so I, yeah. I think, I'm glad we stopped there for a second, because again, we're starting and yeah, I tell my story, but I think what matters about anything that I can share of my story is how aware it has made me mm. of our circle effect as a community, mm-hmm. as artists, as as Latinos, as brown people, you know, as morenitos, bellos del mundo. Anyway.
6: yes.
4: Hola, ¿qué tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times, on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations, como la playa que viste en ese show, Or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know.
1: When you buy a new house, you might say,
4: Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now.
1: But you actually need to say,
4: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. (laughs) No one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
3: But then to be able to go to New York and do something incredible like a beautiful show called in the heights and be a part of that journey and that's a staple working with le manuel and puerto rico and that was something for that was a huge moment
5: yeah but funny enough it's not just a staple people don't understand how much it means to me because it's actually the same dance steps that I was doing in fifth grade, thanks to my Pepe teacher, that I got, on, I got a chance to pass on to Andy Blackenbiller, and the choreography of the show, when he hired me yeah. to coach him. Yeah, All that I did with Andy when we first met was tell him the story, just like I'm telling you, of how art was so important to me, not because I wanted to point my feet and hit seven pirouettes, but because mm-hmm. it, it was a cultural changing of life that somehow we all get access to whether you're in the quinceañera's birthday whether you're singing because you're in church whether you're waiting for that february carnaval in vega alta directed by miguel Curvelo, right like those experiences are the thing that form the layers of colors of who we are as a community and as an individual and so when i sat down with andy the first times it was all about this that we're talking so right. it was celebrating Literally, that moment in life in fifth grade that changed me. And then, how did I evolve in that? And how I can now mm. add the turns and the pointed foot into whatever we're doing? Um, and how mm-hmm. can we do that in a way that feels honest and representation? And so, back in 2005, six, seven, that was all that was happening. We were really investigating how do you tell a musical with these ingredients? and make it legit for both the Latino community and the Broadway community.
3: Let's be real about Broadway. It's not very Latino. So how was that, bringing in a musical like In the Heights, something that at that time it was so not around? It
5: was an education. I I, I think um, I remember very vividly being in 37 Arts when we were off Broadway um, and Andres Forero. Um, Mm -hmm. our drum player like was hitting a certain melody like he he was like like hitting something that it felt very soap opera and I was like oh that's so good that's like we're gonna buy that like that's like we know what that is (laughs) and then the next day that that drum bit was cut Mm. and I was like why did they cut that and they cut it precisely Hmm. because we didn't want it to look like a soap opera Mm. And so I identified with it because I knew my mom and my grandma were going to understand exactly what that moment was. But at the same time, Lynn and Alex Lackamore and Tommy Kale and Andy and, you know, the entire team that was working towards it were really aware that one thing we needed to do right was not make a caricature out of our community.
3: Interesting.
5: That we yeah. needed to be really, really honest. There's something to be grateful for that. Because if you let me at that time, at that age, quote unquote, had direct the show, I mm-hmm. would have probably be like all over the fact that that drum moment made a joke, <laughs> right? Made yeah. a joke into yeah. something that I think I know. And so we talk about there's not enough you know, Latinos or there's not enough people of color. And I am 1000% that conversation, but mm-hmm. I also am celebrating the awareness of Jill Furman and, you know, Jeffrey Seller and Kevin mm-hmm. McCullen being next to Lynn and Alex and Tommy and Andy saying, mm-hmm. I don't know that that is what we need to celebrate out of your community. Or Lynn himself and Luis Miranda saying, no, no, we saw the soap operas on TV. This is a musical, right? And like, right. And that we need to equally represent our honest truth in humanity as much as we can represent the sabores and the colors that feel sometimes exaggerated to the rest of the world. It was an education in exactly not only what I thought Latino representation on Broadway can be, but it was an education in what musical theater should be because I think Mm -hmm. it's the same as what I call now when I teach the razzle-dazzle moment, right? Like we think of, Mm -hmm. we speak about musical theater to musical theater people and especially to non-musical theater people and everybody goes like this right like we shake our hands like the fussy, like magic fingers in that whatever movie that was i don't know bring it on or something Ch- chicago wait
3: are the fossey hands well chicago games?
5: is legit but like making fun yeah, of it yeah, probably yeah, 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 yeah. was like bring it on or one of these films that yeah. like you have the choreography that wants to be like <laughs> fussy, and anything that wants yes. to be musical theater we need magic fingers right like musical right. theater is not right. that, especially today mm-hmm after In the Heights, yep. after Hamilton, after On Your Feet, after many other shows that are not necessarily Latine-represented um, stories, but like that are way more organic in how we mm-hmm. tell the stories. And so now the, the style of musical theater can be anything, anything. You can bring literally yeah. any style to a musical theater. What makes a musical theater is that we're aiming honestly at telling a story. My lips are getting so dry, by the way.
3: <laughs> you're good. I think where you were going with is the honesty of everything. And I think now, nowadays, that's what people are more connected with and connected to. So that honesty that you guys were working on within the Heights, obviously, like that came through full force and everyone that you're speaking of when Luis was mentioning the team of Tommy Kail, Alex Blackamore, um, Jeffrey Sellers, these are all people that um, are also involved in Hamilton and they've worked from a very honest place about the story. So I definitely resonate with that. Being in that room, I totally agree with you. That's like their foremost vision. So, telling the true, honest Latino feel of in Washington Heights, I felt your fifth grade moves in there. <laughs> Thank you.
6: Thank <laughs> I felt
3: it when I first saw it. It's something that resonated with me, and that's the reason why I do what I do. That's something that, for the first time, I saw myself on stage.
5: I think twenty twenty one is different. I think post pandemic and post Black Lives Matter is different. Like. We mm-hmm. do need the producer money that is Latino money, Latino minded, and the director and choreographers that are Latino and that uh, or latine and understand really the scope of where we're coming from in a different way, and that get to tell a different story. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. But but, yep. but fourteen years ago, another moment of pride and validation. Yeah. For
2: sure.
3: And it should be noticed. And that's why I love that you're bringing that up because it's something that is not talked about often yeah, yeah. now, especially post, post black lives matter. And especially, you know, after the pandemic, but it's, it's refreshing to hear that 14 years ago, that was a sprinkle of it was happening yeah, somewhere.
5: Totally. Totally. And, and if you go further in time, the, the next generation, not in style or, or in theater necessarily, but in marketing and in, you know, audience and in pride on topic mm-hmm. and theme and subject was On Your Feet. When you look at it On Your Feet, it's the same formula. Like Jerry Mitchell was a director, right? And then Sergio Trujillo was a choreographer mm-hmm. and they listened to each other on the same idea of the soap opera thing that I was talking about before, right? <laughs> like like Jerry is saying, how do we make the audience happy? How do we make the audience right. get on their feet? Literally. And, yeah. and, and Jerry, pull out. And pull out. <laughs> and Jerry's a master at that. And then Serge is here like, how do we represent? How do we like get grounded? Like, you know what I mean? I mean the mix of those two beautiful humans comes to show like on your feet you know, and gives us another opportunity to feel really proud. So there's something about that balance when it's done with respect and integrity, Mm -hmm. because I kid you not, like if any of us were to have direct originally on your feet, again, what would have happened, right? Like we could have been not to take away from any of us, but I think we might fall too deeply into the pride, right? Mm. And so into the struggle of the Cuban experience and the political thing that it is. And like, and maybe forget, let's stand on our feet and dance. Like, right. And then once we had had those examples, now there's a good moment of like understanding, wait, what has worked? Not because it was only made by a white person at all. Right. Because again, this Mm -hmm. shows were not, this show were balanced, but there are chemical cues to what worked from a white mentality is producing mind, that now mm-hmm. we can look at and say, well, I disagree with that and I'm going to take a very different route. Or let me not forget this. Whenever I want to hit those drums in a soap opera way, let me not forget that that is a taste that is so mine that might alienate, you know, 500 buyers or consumers of this product. And I want this product to also run. And you can say, I don't care for the American mo- audience to come and watch it. I want this whole right. thing. And I want my grandma to feel very proud of that. So now we have a right. choice because we have a study case of something that actually worked. In the Heights, mm-hmm. on your feet, Hamilton, are great examples that we can now say, wait, this is it. I like it. I don't like it. What can I do? If we were only left with West Side Story and the Cateman, we'd be fucked trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. What path will be a path that works when producers are saying, Yeah, but how are you going to make us listen?
3: We're in a very interesting time right now where I'm like, I completely understand the business aspect of of all of that. There's a lot of lacking of representation still, obviously, of us behind the table on some projects. I think we both have been really lucky to work with that team. I think like but just in like the other grander scale of, of of everything else. We're talking about one Hamilton and and this one moment of on your feet and in the heights. I do feel like I just wish some other, you know, because I was a part of Lion King and things along those lines. And like, there were no people of color behind that table, you know? So it's like, you can really sense when something is working and when something is still lacking, like El in yeah. the flavor. You know what I mean?
5: Funny you say that. And one of the most brilliant directors, artistically speaking, not only commercially speaking, it's, uh, right. it's uh, you know, Julie Tamer. And, uh, oh, yeah. and, 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 and you know, what she did with Lion King is unique, and her experience as a white director going through the world yeah. gave her a sense of what the caliber of artistry to be used was. But when I came to New York back in 2002, and I, my first Broadway audition was for The Lion King, mm. and there was a lot that I did not know. And there was a lot that I was not ready with. I was totally ready with my dancing, but I wasn't ready with my singing. And I wasn't ready with my English. And there were a lot of things that that were not there. And the casting company at that point, I don't know if they still have this. um, They had like the Lion King School.
3: Yeah, they do. Oh, boot camp. camp, Now we call it like a boot camp. Right.
5: And so they sent me there. And Mm. Ron Kunene was who ran that. And he was Mm -hmm. coming from South Africa. And the first thing that I yeah. learned to do was, Kosisikeleli, Africa, Malupakanizu, Ponduluayo. No, I, I'm sorry, I just bastardized the. the
3: but, <laughs> I knew what you were trying to go for. You know <laughs> <what> <laughs> I mean? And,
5: and I, I need to do it with the melody. Kosisikeleli, <laughs> Africa. And, and so, you know, we were learning the history of Africa, and we were learning Sulu, right. and we were learning to do the, Chikamuka, right? And, Nubia. Yeah. and so, like, we were getting that and i wasn't even in the show so there was again we can say and and we and we have the right to say there wasn't any people of color behind the table but we cannot forget to say but they were doing everything they could to give us training and understanding of what the roots of that was two very different yeah. conversations two very different conversations oh yeah
3: absolutely
5: but important conversations
3: And also we're talking about two very different times because Lion King has been around for quite a while. So we're talking about the the, the way. Yes.
5: 2002. I was getting legit South African training as someone who was a finalist in an audition, not even getting the job. Mm -hmm. And that was paid mm. by Disney. And I'm grateful for that.
3: That's an incredible experience. And as we were just talking about in the heights, like 14 years ago, like that blows my mind that it was 14 years ago. I feel everything that we've been discussing, like those moments need to be, as you say, they need to be discussed and yes. spoken about. And we need to keep holding on to those moments because those are the moments that I feel like we're creating, we're being together, where. And those are the things that I'm I'm hoping that in Broadway we can continue to still hold totally. on to.
5: I will say to you, Darlene, though, that coming out of COVID, see, like perspective changes, right? And and our necessity yeah, to take action is different. I love it. I'm grateful to have this conversation with you, such a great artist like you, and that we can, you know, put our experiences into play and through the debate, figure it out. Where are we today? And what is our job, yes. right? So yeah. I'm super grateful for that. But I will say that as an audience member coming out of COVID, um, who, who then see the UK production of The Lion King do this thing around that table. And Rafiki, it's about to sing. Marketing has seven cameras there capturing the moment where all these Black people are singing this chant and it's supposed to be so spiritual. But the table was populated by white people. Now mm-hmm. I'm pissed. Right now, I'm like, yeah. that doesn't seem right, right mm-hmm. now. How do we mm-hmm. change that right now? But when I'm looking at 2002, and again, I'm seeing like the contributions and like what was happening. And again, there was not necessarily that much opportunity for a show that celebrated Africa at that moment. Mm-hmm. Right? And like, whoa. And the world has gotten to know a Disney version of what Africa might feel like. Through the movie and through the show, blah, blah. But how many of the people have actually then say, I do wanna know this culture more? I do wanna know mm-hmm. what Zulu sounds like. Let me contribute mm-hmm. to a charity water foundation and help. You know what I mean? Like it has made a contribution, but what is the contribution that it can make now after now. you profit it so well? You gain yeah. your money back, and now there's so much more to do. Right, And I know Julie Tamer has programs for new upcoming directors and young people. And I believe that her program is about sending them to places they've never been to discover new ways of theater they've never experienced, to see that hopefully um, they can embellish and develop their art in a way that they never imagined, like she has done, Mm -hmm. thanks to these cultures and communities. And that's amazing. I would love that multiplied by 200,000. Of course. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> and so these are, the again, pointing fingers and like being a victim. I'm obsessed about things without trying to figure it out where we are and where can we go. I know that there's a community of Latino, million, or I should say Latine millionaires, but I don't know where they are. I don't know how to tap their mm-hmm. doors, but I do mm-hmm. know a community of Broadway producers who have money to invest in the arts. And so mm-hmm. although I want the Latino supporters and producers who lack maybe the broadway experience i do have access to this other like why am i going to alienate a and b like i don't think that that's a solution to the problem
3: no at the end of the day broadway is how broadway started and so forth so we have to work together and in a certain sweet. way but and i think that what you're saying i think what we've both been saying and hitting on is when we're invited in the room, we need to be heard and validated and respected. And the stories of your five-year-old dance, of your fifth grade dance moves need to be the focus of honesty, the focus of storytelling. And And as
5: valuable as, you know, any choreographer who studied for 30 years, one technical dance step.
3: Right. And I do hope that we continue to have people such as yourself, such as Sergio, such as Lynn, such as, and I hope that continues to expand me, hello, such as me, (laughs) and continues to expand. And we continue to bring others in the room to celebrate ourselves, to also like, you know, just that's how it is, right? Like we have to support each other at the end of the day. It is something that is happening right now. And especially in the world of Broadway, coming back after the pandemic, after all of this (sighs) racial issues that our country has been pushing and trying to (laughs) align um, and figure out. Yeah. So it's a very important conversation, especially in the Latin community too, because we have a place um, here in that conversation as well.
4: Hola, que tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations como la playa que viste en ese show, or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go.
2: at bp.com slash investing in america
3: you've been doing the work also in that department you have revolucion latina can you tell us a little bit more about what that is for you what the goal what the mission guess es, que revolucion latina, yes, so revolucion
5: latina. <laughs> You know, it's born in many ways out of In the Heights and the representation that I was seeing at that time. Funny enough, now I get to step back and see, oh, wow, back in 2006, 2007, I was um having the conversation we're having today in a different way. Right. I was looking and noticing mm-hmm. that we weren't that many out there and that there were some people that were very valuable, but we weren't paying attention to them. So I started making interviews to people like Priscilla Lopez, who had already won Tony Awards and, you know, created the role of Diana Morales, the creative, amazing team of A Chorus Line with Michael Bennett and whatnot. The people like Doreen Montalvo, Kim Paz Descanse, you know, was next to me. And I noticed there's this, there's this here woman who is over certain amount of age and is now accomplishing a dream because a show like In the Heights is opening a door for her to actually have a voice. There's people like Eliseo Román, like Janet Dacal, you know, I was like, I'm surrounded by kings and queens of arts and culture that are not having the opportunity to like really fully share their voice if it's not for something Mm. like this. And so we took the microphone and we started making asking questions and those questions landed at YouTube, which was the social media of the time, that and MySpace. And people started asking, <laughs> <the mecca. laughs> yeah. And people started asking more questions, and then asking us to do a workshop or to give exposure. And we started doing makeup workshops in the dressing rooms of In the Heights.
4: Wow! And we started wow. providing,
5: you know, um, summer camps going to the Bronx and going to Brooklyn and meeting at other organizations all the way until one day, Ballet Hispanico allowed us to use their space to bring the kids to us instead of us going to them, yes. and that was our first big summer camp we had over, I don't know, at that time, like a hundred kids. And from there on, it catapulted into no less than 200 kids. And every summer camp we have presented now for 14 years.
3: Ballet Hispánico is another program that is run um, in the city, right? Yeah, Ballet Hispánico is
5: a dance company that has been running for many years um, and uh, now inherited by a new artistic director. and costina was the founder director before um and she passed it on about a decade ago and anyway now they have um a, their own beautiful big place and most recently they got a, a secret donation of over i think 10 million dollars this donation just happened just during covid year and recently. yeah and they they are now in a beautiful position um but they are really like the alvinelio of our latino community you know it's been around um and so anyway, long story short, um, one thing led to the next. And now we have this whole thing that we call the circle effect, where at the beginning of the year, we provide free training to adult artists. Those adult mm-hmm. artists become our volunteer and they help us in the summer with our summer camp. So then we get to affect our children. And then in the last part of the year, we fundraise and we do productions and we try to start all over again. And we do that cycle every year. And that is all thanks to Broadway Care fights AIDS, who has been our parent organization. For all this time. Yes.
3: That is beautiful.
5: We've been fighting this battle for 14 years. We've been fighting this rhetoric of how we need the representation, but we also need to inspire each other and be in the best place possible. Um, and so, what we did is, as a philosopher, is the idea of there to go beyond what? Beyond whatever you need to go beyond, right? Like that answers. Right comes from you, not from us. And so the philosophy Mm -hmm. is there to challenge us to be better at representing ourselves, at being ready for when the opportunity comes at, you know, being bilingual, like like celebrate our language, but if I'm going to compete in the English market, I have to then become better with the English. Like if I am struggling with economy, I have to become better at my own economy so that I can sustain myself rather than ask for favors. Like it's the whole thing of getting us to go forward with a very progressive mind while we are taking the steps to go beyond.
3: So during the pandemic, what have you been um, working on? What's next for you? Um, I know You talked, yeah. During the pandemic, I've been working on
5: not jumping from a window. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've been working on.
3: Um, Come on, honesty. The
5: pandemic was hard. (laughs) And uh, the reality is that I had just directed Matilda and we were, I think, like on our third performance. Yes. And we had to close, Broadway closed. And the next day I knew that we were going to have to close and that I was going to leave, you know, about 30 kids orphaned of a production emotionally. And literally, and so we immediately met with Revolución Latina and I was like, okay, this is Mm -hmm. a problem. I don't know how long this is going to last, but what are we going to do? And a week after Broadway had shut down, Revolución Latina was offering classes, singing classes, dancing classes, meditation classes, because everybody was scared. Yeah. Two weeks in, I had lost all the future jobs I had. Um, but we kept on teaching classes and doing meetings and doing talks and meeting with people from Spain virtually and like doing all these cafecitos and trying to keep people like in, <laughs> at, at ease. And then two months yes, passed by yeah. and we had given given work to so many people. But I realized two three months later, I haven't even filled out for unemployment. Mm. Like I've been taking care of everything that I think my job is as a community leader. But I didn't put my own mask on, and that was a problem. Mm. Like, with the moment I realized mm. that, I've always told the leaders of Revolución Latina that we serve if, if, I mean, yes, we can sacrifice, but in order to properly self under the concept of Revolución Latina, we have to be in a healthy place. You have to. Because if not, and, you're, yeah. you're, then you're not going to give your best. And so exactly. at that moment, I realized that I had betrayed my own philosophy that I was helping people mm. not realizing that I had not put my own mask on. And so I went down a rabbit hole from there because I needed art. I also mm. needed a community, um, outside of the community that I was serving. And and it became really difficult. So I hustled a couple of Zoom projects that were terrible because I hated being in front of the computer for now. I have a hunch in my back from being like tense You and me. Trying to choreograph people like on this <laughs> little camera thing and like literally now I have to probably like sleep for two more years, like on my roller to get my back spine back to place. Yeah, it is, it's, it's been rough. crazy. But
3: yeah. And it's still been crazy. Cause I'm still going through it. Yeah. I don't know about you if you're still doing a lot of zoom stuff, but I'm still doing I, a lot of I, zoom things. I have
5: thankfully been able to find an in-person route. Um, I, oh, okay. I just directed three shows in the last two months um, in person and been learning a lot about what that means today. As far as like dealing with humans in a space, and they're coming to that space with a lot of new insecurities that were in there before.
3: I'm going to ask you something. This is a new tradition that we are doing here on Moranita, and um, this is our little like closing question. But can you share something with us? The one thing that always reminds you of home, like however it is that you define home.
5: Wow, that's a great question. Wow. The, the the thing is that I'm triggered by the the setup because the setup, you said something's really powerful in my mind these days, which is the one thing. When you say the mm. one thing, um, I am really, I'm triggered because I'm reading a book. I probably <laughs> have read this book already 30 times. I don't know if you have read it, darling, but it's called The One Thing. And it's a business book, but I invite you to read it. Because as an artist, Mm. we always do 20,000 things at the same time. It's a good exercise at trying to better focus our priorities. And so I invite Mm. you and our listeners to to check out the one thing. So that's the first thing I wanted to say from the way you created the question.
3: Okay. I'm getting the book. I think the second
5: (laughs) thing or the answer to your question, really beyond the Alcapurrias, beyond the Bacalaitos, Beyond the fact that my mom's hog or having the cafecito with her, all of that, in reality, the thing that I most think about home is nature. Mm. It's the palm trees, the ocean, or the mountains, the rivers. And so I cannot step into Puerto Rico without going to either of those two places. So this day is the way that I feel about life. That is home. And that is where I would love to die.
3: Mm. I love that. I used to want to die in a theater. I resonate with that. I
5: used to want to die in a theater.
3: You wanted to die in a theater. I used to
5: want to die in the (laughs) theater. Now I'm like, no, put me next to a palma somewhere and let the wind hit me and I'll have a heart attack there. I'm good.
3: All that dancing and singing and everything. I I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm with you now. The nature, the nature is a much better place. Yeah. Luis thank you so much my love for your time thank you for um being vulnerable and getting into a place during this conversation that maybe we didn't know we were going to discuss about but thank you for being open thank and you. um, sharing your thoughts and your vulnerability and your story Luis how do our beautiful listeners keep following you where do they follow you where do we look for your journey Um, this is your moment to plug your social
5: in
0: yeah, well,
3: tell us where to right
5: now most of my social is happening at Instagram um uh, I don't know what's happening with Twitter and Facebook in my life, but it's not happening <laughs> that much. So um, El Salgado Art, El from Luis, El Salgado Art um, would be the ad, whatever you call that for Instagram. I also have in Instagram Ref Latina, which is my nonprofit organization and also Salgado Prads which is Salgado Productions, which is my producing company.
3: Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here on Moranita. We love you. You're welcome back anytime.
5: Thank you for bringing me to Moranita. And thank you for the example you are setting for our present and our next generation, because this podcast will live there forever. So thanks for your work.
3: Por siempre, para siempre. Thank you, Luis. How great was that part about Luis and his grandmother? She didn't want Luis to leave, but he had to go and chase his dream. And when he made it, she was so proud. It validated his decision in her eyes and it's a topic that kept coming up. Validation. When we see in the heights or get on your feet, we're seeing our hint this struggle on the stage and it's validating those struggles. Because we need to feel pride in the risks that we take. We aren't just taking those risks for ourselves, but to move everyone forward. Pa'lante. Morenita is a production of Sonoro in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Si
6: tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como Enfermedad cardíaca Asma Diabetes Y tienes 19 años o más 52
0: 36
6: 42 Pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 enespanolcom Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre
1: prevnar 20 When something happens to your car, you might say.